Today we're talking to Jason Price of Always Checkers. Hi there, Jason, and welcome to the podcast. Hi there, thanks so much for having me. Oh, absolutely no problem, it's what ZineQuest is all about. Would you like to introduce yourself and let us know what you do in indie tabletop role-playing games? Sure, yeah, so I'm Jason. I uh, currently live in Southampton, England. I'm very new to creating tabletop games, um, but obviously I've played them my entire life, like most people involved in the scene or listening to this. Yeah, somewhat. I've got a regular gaming group that meet, meets up every week, and we've done that for years now. It used to be in person, but obviously at the moment it's all online. For the last year or so, it's been online. Some of them have moved other places as well in the world, so it's uh, just kind of kept it alive by having having online RPG nights every week, which is a nice thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's a nice way to keep in touch with people as well. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got friends who have run successful Kickstarters, and and sort of you may have heard of some of them as in like they've created games that people have become quite successful. Um, and obviously that kind of got me into the idea that well I'd love to do something like that I don't want to just sort of piggyback on what they've done but you know they kind of encouraged me to give it a go basically my day job is actually sort of a, a writer kind of a designer within the websites and things like that so I had a bit of experience in that in that sort of scene and obviously I just thought I'd give it a go and see and see what I came up with well that's fantastic and like that's definitely what ZineQuest is about it's about having a go and getting something out there and and getting it out into the real world so yeah ZineQuest seemed like a really a really great jumping off point for someone who'd never done anything before um, because it wasn't so much pressure to to run a big campaign by myself you know there's a bit of interest in in taking part in something like that yeah and it's it's kind of low stakes as well it's two weeks you're not trying to raise tens of thousands of pounds you are just getting getting something out there and getting it made into people's hands I think there's something really nice about about having that like physical product that you've created. I think that's really it's really empowering. So yeah, it's definitely more or less what the whole uh, <laughs> the whole concept of ZineQuest is. Yeah, when I first started writing something, I thought, oh, I'll just I'll just release it on Itch, for example, and just have something out there that's got my name on it for fun. Yeah. Um, and then the, the idea, just the timing lined up for me. I sort of t- started writing something in August, and then it got near, as I got nearer Christmas, I started thinking, oh, ZineQuest is a uh, coming around the corner maybe i'd actually like to do a physical product and then obviously asked around looked read a few blogs and things and yeah it's all, all lined up really nicely fantastic well tell us a little bit about um what you have lined up for zine quest then okay so my game is called uh, a complicated profession and it is a, a gm-less storytelling game for three to five players and um, it's actually based on a game you may have heard of called stewpot uh, by takuma okada um, which is a game that we played within my group and i absolutely loved it was really different to anything i'd played before um, where we played quite sort of crunchy crunchy role-playing games you know stewpot was a lot more relaxed it was a lot more lo- low stakes you could just kind of answer questions and create these characters and it, was, it felt really novel and that just really inspired me to do something similar the basic premise of it is that you're playing a team of ex-bounty hunters as well as the bounty hunters themselves you kind of play their their old crew members there's lots of different roles shady accomplices old droids things like that and in this world bounty hunting has become a bit redundant it's not needed for various reasons uh, and therefore they've had to kind of retire or they've ended up taking other jobs an opportunity has come along to start a new business running cruise ships they sort of switch from being these kind of typical bounty hunters uh, law enforcement that kind of thing to running a cruise ship and all the various hosting roles you might get on a cruise ship like you know the captain or the entertainment or the chef and essentially you create a ship together with your crew and you and you take on passengers and, and fulfill contracts of passengers 
it's a bit of a silly idea, but that's the whole point. It's quite a silly game, and it's meant to be very easy to pick up and play. You do roll dice, but it's, there's no combat mechanics, for example. It's all about creating a really fun story together, making the most of all the uh, the items that your character has, their skills, and you and you also create a bunch of things for the ship and and create the passengers themselves. So you could you could play it really simply, and yeah, yeah, it sounds like a whole lot of fun. Um, what sort of stories have you found in playtesting? Then um, do do people just like make it? quite silly well actually actually (laughs) if you had serious games as well yeah well i mean being kind of a writer i've written quite a lot of content for this game so although that's quite free form in in certain aspects things like the items you create for your ship you can create basically create anything you want it could be as ridiculous as you want or something really small and i've tried to make it so that it's not going to imbalance the game in terms of the structure of the game, there is a clear a clear flow to it. So, so basically, there's lots of different playbooks, and you can pick them in any order. But each one has got a little mini story, a little event we call it, um, which is basically a bit of slice of life of part of the contract that you take on. Uh, so the basic sort of flow of the game is that you would all create your characters and meet up in your home spaceport, write a bit of information about your corner of the galaxy and your ship, and then you would create a contract by drawing a card. The card you draw, so for example, the Ace of Spades, the Ace would tell you what kind of contract the passengers want, and and the Spade would tell you the type of passengers that you're going to receive. So there's lots of little pre-written passengers, and you sort of fill fill out the details. Although it's a storytelling game, with lots of free-form storytelling, there's a lot of prompts to help you. So if you really are feeling uninspired, you're not a lot of left there under pressure to create something. There's lots of ideas there, but you could really take it to the extreme and, and write a huge backstory if that's what your group likes. It sounds really fun. I really like the sound of that. Yeah. So once you've got your contract, then you sort of know what you're trying to what you're trying to do for the passengers, whether what you know what they're looking for. You've got a big menu of playbooks, and there's nine to pick from, and you essentially pick three, any three you want. Um, take it in turns yeah. to pick, and when you pick, you're the lead player, so you kind of take a leading role in that in that event. And there's obviously a lot to. I won't go through every single one because there's a lot to talk about. But you do three events per contract, and once you complete a contract, you take your passengers back to the spaceport, and someone plays as one of the passengers and judges how your crew did, whether they met your contract or not. <laughs> a kind of yell review to the end of the crew. Exactly, yeah. and then they pick things like a star employee and a team player, and those guys get to go into your home spaceport and procure some useful items, and they write a little story about how they got these items, and they add them all to your ship. So by the end yeah. of the game, you should have a ship full of items that you can use to help you solve problems and, and create a story, and also each event um, has like a little resolution where you get, if you do well during the event, you get a reward and it could be another useful item. It could be a decoration for the ship or it could be an actual uh, another crew member, which could be one of the passengers, for example, who decides to join your crew. So there's lots and lots of possibilities. And the idea is that it's each time you play, it could be very different. Yeah. Do you want to give us a sample of what some of those playbooks are like? Some of them are inspired by Stupot um, because I love that game and anyone should check it out if they like my game. <laughs> and I also wrote a whole bunch of new ones which are a bit more sci-fi themed and, uh, you know, much more suited to this game. I think one of my favourite ones is... There's one called uh, To Boldly Go. They've all got sort of titles that I just amused me to make up funny names for them. Uh, so in To Boldly Go, <laughs> the idea is that obviously on a cruise, you would take your passengers to various attractions, uh, but one of them has become impossible to visit this time. You get to you get to decide why. But as the lead player, you'd get to decide, you know, what did you originally plan to do to entertain the passengers? And you ask someone else, well, why can't we reach that attraction today? And then the lead player actually decides they have to take the passengers to an uncharted planet and entertain them somehow with whatever they find on this planet. So you roll some dice to kind of decide what what the planet's like so for example you know a desert planet that's got a live war zone happening on it for example and then you've got to describe the planet using the prompts and then look at your contract and explain well what could i do on this planet to entertain these passengers what are they looking for in their contract and then whilst that's happening you go back to the rest of the crew on the ship and they have to deal with a completely different complication that's happening you get to pick from two each time this happens so for example in this example 
a passenger might have stayed back on the ship and they appear and draw a weapon on the crew where there's a tense standoff and you have to decide between you how are we going to deal with this this is very much emulating the kind of uh, star trek mood isn't it oh yeah definitely. Um, <laughs> i feel like the tone might be a bit more red dwarf than star trek oh yeah it's definitely a silly tone to it i mean i suppose you could play it seriously when I, i've done a few little play tests with my friends and they did start off playing it quite seriously but then as we went on the names of the passengers got more ridiculous and and it, it, it sounds more like a light-hearted game it's um, meant to be i mean i mean you see all the artwork and things it's very cartoony lots of different alien species as well so it sounds super cute yeah i really like the sound of it what about the npcs what sort of people do you pick up from exactly one of the things i really like is that you actually play as the passengers yourself um so although you although you'll narrate what they do and sort of create them yourself in certain events you will pick someone to play a passenger or you will play as the passenger yourself which kind of gives them character well i said when we in playtesting we really found that the passengers almost were the star of the show because you come up with these really silly names for them and then they've got like their families or their friends or whatever and and it just gets ridiculous and sometimes they'll join your crew and so they've got this little backstory when they join your crew so some of the examples again some of them are very silly so obviously there's a whole deck of cards you could pick there's about 10 or 12 different ones but um so for one example that we came in playtesting that we found was really funny was that it's the manager of your home spaceport and their very large unruly family so so, so that's the prompt you get and then you've got to ask questions answer questions such as well who is the lead passenger what's their name how was the contract arranged why have they asked for this particular type of contract so it could be a thrill-seeking contract uh, a party contract sightseeing they just want really good food and there's lots of keywords to help you kind of meet that contract yeah or it could be like a i've got a a respected chef filming a, a gritty back to basics documentary which is another one that came up and someone started riffing on like this kind of flash gordon ramsay character with his fil- filming like a uh, yeah he's writing this kind of youtube uh, uh sort of gorilla blog thing so <laughs> it, it reminds me of that um the super super campy character in um the fifth element just completely off the wall and ridiculous yeah like. i've written something that's very tropey like if you like sci-fi of any kind like star wars mandalorian as well i've used a lot of, of uh, influences from that for the characters themselves one, one, one of my favorite selling points of the game of my game but also stupor was that you pick two characters you're, you're almost playing two characters in one in, in my game you literally have two character sheets so one is your old host role uh, sorry your old hunter role and then you've yeah, got another yeah. one. So character creation is uh, something I found really fun in this game. You actually fill in pick lists. So you've got kind of a preset paragraph and you fill in the gaps with words from prompts you're given. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I, I like that kind of Mad Libs approach to to character creation. I think it's so much fun um, and people really do fun things with it. It's also really accessible for new players and um, for kids as well. I think it this this definitely sounds like the kind of thing that that would be fun to play with kids yeah I, it wasn't my intention originally but as i as it's developed i really think it is a a, a kid-friendly game i mean i think it would yeah. I, I, hopefully it would also be satisfying for someone who's like into the, the crunchiest rpg but just wants a fun story game people talk about games that are friendly for kids and for new players but they're not necessarily that fun for older role players but this sounds like it'd be really nice as a kind of mixed age and mixed ability game so that sounds really fun yeah i hope so it reminds me of something that uh, I spoke to oh, ages ago, like 10 months ago, which is about the same as 10 years, that I talked to about Hannah Schaefer and Eva Rowlands about their new game, um, Starship Ultralux, which is about a luxury cruise liner. But basically, after a million years of like weird, divergent, random evolution, um, basically, it's a cruise ship, but Red Dwarf. So, right, brilliant. <laughs> but it's, that, it's like the same kind of wacky off the wall um science fiction comedy yeah i mean it's, it, it really lends itself to because you can pretty much do anything as plausible than science fiction essentially so i feel like that 
it's definitely more true of science fiction than fantasy in a way because sometimes you have to rationalize fantasy yeah um whereas science fiction can just be weird because it's weird that's fine <laughs> i know i mean we had lots of discussions i mean i've just obviously been talking about this a lot to my friends because it's my first game and i'm just trying to get a lot of feedback and, and we're trying to work out this idea that you can create anything to go on your ship we call it a useful item and you can only use them once per contract so the idea is if you decide you want to create the most ridiculous item like a giant laser that blows up a planet you can still do that and you can have it on your ship but you can only blow up one planet once per contract and ultimately it's not really going to help you make your passengers enjoy their trip anymore unless they're really into blowing up planets in which case that's just really funny so <laughs> might be a more trouble when you get back to the spaceport yeah sure. i toyed around with having a preset list of items and being like yeah pick an item but ultimately i think the freedom to pick whatever is just funnier to me personally and hopefully other people think the same well that sounds an absolute blast and i wish you all the luck with getting that through kickstarter um on that note do you want to give us some of the details for your kickstarter campaign yeah i'm gonna go early i'm gonna put it on live on the first of february uh for obviously for 14 days because it's part of uh, zine quest so it'll be ending on the 15th um i'm aiming for f- fully funded will be about 1500 pound that will include obviously the physical print uh, for how many people want it that includes all the artwork, so I've hired someone to do the front cover, several pieces of art, and also some pr- other promotional material like videos and things. Um, so the, the artist is uh, someone I actually met on Reddit who was advertising. So they're from Slovenia, and their sort of artist tag is uh, Gink Go Whale. Gink Go Whale, okay. Basically, they're an illustrator, comic book artist, and a graphic designer. And, and I've seen them because they... Have you ever seen those sort of lo-fi videos you get on YouTube with like an animation, like someone lying with a cat studying? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's up constantly on my Chrome. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's basically what they specialise in. That sounds like it would really, really match the style of what you're talking about. I I, I love that aesthetic. And they do yeah. these really cool sort of detailed environments, like a bedroom with like loads of little characters in, on shelves and like things out in the background. And I thought it would really suit the interior of a spaceship or a kitchen and, and things like that. So that's that's what I'm aiming for. And they're also just really creative in their own right. So they've, they've created ideas and I've just ended up writing it into the game because I just thought that sounded really fun. <laughs> That's the best kind of artist to work with. Like a, there's a super fun collaborator. Exactly. I really like that. And I've hired a, a layout artist. So if, if it does successfully fund, I've done my own sort of amateur layout, but uh, as a professional layout artist called V Hendro, uh, she, she's from Sydney, Australia. She's done quite a few games actually that you may have heard of. Good Society. Oh, okay. Visigoths versus Morgoths. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah, Physicos versus Morgoths, Lucian Khan, yeah. <laughs> she was super busy, so I had to wait until June to find a slot for her to work on it. But again, if, if, if it funds, she'll be doing a professional layout. Yeah, oh, well, congratulations. That's that's a really good set of collaborators. Yeah, thanks. I'm really happy with it. Obviously, I'm I'm the weak link here. I'm, I'm the new person to the blog, but <laughs> we shall see. No, absolutely. It sounds really interesting and creative and, like, yeah, absolutely thrilled that it's going to get off the ground i mean i don't don't want to be really hubristic and talk about stretch goals because i'd be happy if it just funds at all but i've got loads of really fun ideas like obviously more artwork is the main focus uh, just really fill the book out with all these great environments and things but I'd, I'd love to do like i've got i've got musician friends who've done successful music for games atmospheric settings i'd like to do like my own lo-fi sort of setting for this game because i think it would just really suit having a really chill background and like a fun animation and stuff so just little things like that but obviously that's uh way down the line it's interesting i was speaking to someone last night about exactly the same thing they want to get a set of background music for their games i think it's something that's become more and more popular over the last few years like um the wretched is the prime example um i just think it's really nice yeah 
um, to have this mood board behind what you're doing. <laughs> I just think it's lovely. Obviously, with the difficulties with delivery and everything at the moment around the world, with all the various problems there are from UK to everywhere else, the physical stretch goals are quite difficult because you're adding you're adding weight, you're adding like more possibilities of it going wrong. So I've tried to keep it really simple and just have like some stickers as a, as an extra level of backing. Oh, that's cute. Using some of the artwork that, that Noose has done because I just really like the art and I think it would really lend itself to stickers. Um, and obviously I can just yeah. slip, slip them into an envelope quite easily. Um, but I've kept it just oh, like, you know, lovely. you can back a PDF, you can back the design or you can back a sign and some stickers and not really gone any further than that because it's my first Kickstarter and I just want to make sure I can deliver everything. Keep your first rodeo simple and then the next time you can, uh, you can ratchet it up. Yeah. Next time I'll have like per- <laughs> personalized stationery and all that. <laughs> Oh yeah, a t-shirt, you know, a new dice tower, that sort of thing. No, it, it does get ridiculous. And I think the purpose of ZineQuest really is to make it simple and to make it accessible for new creators. I'm just so there for that. I love ZineQuest so exactly. much. Exactly. I mean, part of it, I'm just really excited to, to back a load. I mean, I, I missed it last time. I wasn't really into the Kickstarter scene. So regrettably, yeah. I, I missed the whole... I've played a lot of the games since, but I've not, oh, I didn't back them when you got all the extra stretch goals and things. So I'm yeah. super excited to just... just see what everyone else comes up with and, and back a load of, uh, load of other zines myself. Me too. Every time I speak to somebody, I'm like, oh, this sounds so much fun. I want this game. I want to play this game. I want to see all the art for this game. So I'm definitely going to be promoting everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, although I've written a very silly game, I like all kinds of games, everything from really serious like horror games all the way through to some game, somehow a game that's even sillier than mine, if that's possible. A beer and pretzels game. Yeah, as we as we used to refer to them about 10 years ago. So I don't think anyone says that anymore. Um, <laughs> it sounds really good and I do honestly wish you all the best luck with that because the, the team you've put together sound amazing thank you yeah I'm really looking forward to having more to share um, I'm literally receiving art as you know this morning there's summer going on in the background as we speak so I'm just super excited oh, wow. to, to just get the video out there and, and I'll be tweeting about it really soon excellent well I'll look out for that and I'll, um, I'll, I'll pass the message on because uh, I'm really keen to see what this project looks like Jason, do you want to tell us where we can find you online? Yep, so you can find me. I'm probably most active on Twitter, which is at alwayscheckers. I'm creating my own itch page, which will also be under the same tag of uh, alwayscheckers. It's just a kind of a holding page at the moment until I release my first game, but I hope this to be the first of many small projects, so it should become much more active uh, uh, post-Kickstarter. Yeah, fantastic. And please, everybody, do go out and check that out. Please get your eyes peeled for A Complicated Profession, which is February 1st through February 15th. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and really good luck to everyone else out there who's doing ZineQuest as well. Can't wait to see what everyone comes up with. Solidarity. Okay, well, thanks very much. And um, all that remains for me to say is thank you very much for coming on Yes Indeed Pod and good luck with your Kickstarter. Thanks so much. Yes Indeed Pod is hosted and edited by Mark Shepard of Marks of High Water. You can contact the show on Twitter at YesIndeedPod, that's Y-E-S-I-N-D-I-E-D-P-O-D, or support the show by leaving a rating or review, or donating through Ko-Fi at YesIndeedPod. Intro and outro music is from Take a Chance, and interstitial music is from BitQuest, both by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com and Filmmusic.io. Until next time, remember, does Indie need you? Yes, indeed. Indeed.